This morning, we're going to uh, look at a couple of different passages, and um, if I can get the, there we go. We are going to talk about the vision for 2020, which is um, always exciting. I love the new year. I love um, being able to reflect and kind of look back over what's happened in a year as well as look forward to what I feel like God has for me personally. But, uh, you know, when you're dealing with a church, it's, it's a whole different ball game. It's like, okay, God, where are we going as a people? Where are we going as a group? And, uh, and so I've been a little stressed over the last few days, to be honest. And, uh, yeah, uh, that's why my hair is gone. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things that when you start thinking about, okay, what is it that God wants us all to uh, experience together, and, and how do you bring all that, you know, in, into a phrase or into a word even? One of the things that I, I challenge a lot of the guys that I mentor and disciple uh, on a yearly basis, we, we talk about picking and choosing words. And one of the words uh, that I had for myself this past year was altar, like, uh, you know, an altar like this, that God would challenge me to lay down some things in my life. But then also the word altar, like changing your perspective, and I did have to change my perspective. I had to change my plans quite a bit this past year. I had to change my life a little bit because I got a dog, and uh, yes, it's been changing quite a bit uh, recently because he's run away several times, and uh, had to go chase him, um, but but he's come back, and, and I'm so glad that, you know, I've had these adjustments in my life because when you alter things in your life, you see things differently, right? And, and so for me, that was, that was my word for this year. Uh, the word for the church this past year was advance. And uh, it, it's really been awesome to see how God has been advancing our church. We were able to advance this year in giving more than we, we've given before. Our budget has grown significantly this year. We've been able to advance that way. We were able to advance by taking more people to El Salvador this year than we've taken in a very long time. And not, uh, you know, when we took the large group uh, several years ago, it was not with the church. This year, uh, we took, what was it, 13 people to El Salvador. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's an awesome thing. And all 13 of those people, praise God, paid for their trip. <laughs> right? Which is like, that's a miracle in itself. Because a lot of times, you know, we have to assist and you have to do, but, but God has been advancing. We took people to Kenya this year. We weren't planning to go to Kenya. And all of a sudden, you know, this, this thing pops up where people want to go to Kenya. I'm like, okay, let's go. And so we took people. We were able to advance the gospel there. And, and God has been growing our church. I've been here for, you know, a little over four years now. Uh, as, as the lead pastor. And, um, and it's been awesome to see, you know, when we were, when we, back in those days, we were down to like 40. Now we're up to about, you know, averaging about 140 on a weekly basis. And God has been advancing us. And so I just want to say that this is how God is working in our midst. And this is just a few things, just a very small few things. But I want to draw your attention to this verse, which is a verse that is always mentioned this time of the year. And so I don't want to be remiss and not mention it. It's a very important and powerful verse. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Proverbs 29, 18, King James Version. Let me give you another version. It says this, where there is no vision or where there is no uh, sight of the future, people 
cast off restraint. That's how some versions may read it. They cast off restraint. Now, when you get into your car, you have to put on a restraining belt. Some of us are old enough to remember when we did not have to do that. Right? And I remember back when the law first came in, I'm like, man, this thing is just like tying me down. It's like, oh, get this thing off of me, right? And you just wanted to ride in the back seat because you didn't have to put it on there. But, but in the front seat, you have to have a restraining belt, a seat belt. And why? This is to protect you. Now think about this. Where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. They cast off protections. They cast off things that are holding them back. How many of you have felt like, oh, man, parents just hold me back? Parents just got all these rules. I want to just go live my life. I want to do my thing, right? But those of us who have grown up now, we realize those rules, those boundaries, those seatbelts were not put there to keep you from something, but to protect you for something. Amen. See? Some of you may feel like, man, you know, the Bible is just an old book. It's just a book of rules and regulations and all this stuff. God's just trying to keep me from the good life. And we're going to talk about the good life starting next month. It's a new series. We're going to look through the Beatitudes. So make sure you're back. Start the year out right. But you see, some of us feel like, oh, you know, God's trying to keep me from the good life. God's not trying to keep you from the good life. God's trying to save you for the good life. And so where there is no vision, people cast off restraint. But let's do the converse of that. Where there is vision, people put on restraint. You see, when you have a future, when you know what you're going for, when you understand why you exist, then you don't have a problem disciplining yourself. Some of you have been doing the keto. <laughs> I won't ask how many. But, you know, we're coming to that time of the year, and I'm going to be making some new resolutions myself for the first of the year. i got two days left to binge and eat and enjoy and feast. But, you know, when the new year comes, so many people make these new resolutions about how they're going to treat their bodies and what they're going to eat and what they're not going to eat. Why? It's because you have a future June bathing suits. And so, I'm envisioning that, right? And therefore, I will cut out all of this stuff because I have a vision for where I want to be. Isn't that funny? We don't have a problem doing that when we think about the summer and bathing suits. But when it comes to your life, when it comes to God's goals for you, all of a sudden, it's like, well, God's asking too much for me. Oh, that's kind of cramping my style. Oh, God, you really, you, are you serious about that, God? God's like, yeah, I'm serious because I have a vision for your future. There's something that God wants you to accomplish. There's something that God has for you, a vision, a future, that there might be some seatbelts, there might be some restraints, there might be some disciplines you need to put in your life so that you can enjoy that future. I want to encourage you today to let you know that if you're still alive, God has a future for you. You're still here. You're still breathing, but can you see it? Do you see your future? I used to be a dreamer. At least that's what one of my girlfriends said. <laughs> You're a dreamer. I'm like, yeah, I'm a dreamer. 
I like to dream. But you know what happens is that a lot of us, when we get older, we stop dreaming. Don't you remember when you were a kid? Maybe, maybe you remember. And, you, you know, it's like the, 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 sun could, the sun wasn't yellow. The sun could be purple. <laughs> Why? Because that's your dream. <laughs> that's your vision. It's like, well, if you want the sun purple, you made it purple. You can make it orange. You can make it whatever color you wanted because you were not bound by what you just saw. You could dream of something different. Let me ask you, when's the last time you dreamt of something different for your life? When's the last time you actually tried to imagine what the future could be? Because if you can imagine it, then it could possibly happen. But if you can't see it, then it won't be. The Bible says this, faith is what? The evidence of things unseen. The assurance of things we hope for, Hebrews 11.1. 1. But if you can't see it, how are you going to get it? So many, so many students today, they don't have hope for the future. You know why? Because they don't see anything in the future. Part of our job is to help people see what God has for them. We have a vision statement here at the church. Let me remind you of what it is. It's to make disciples who make disciples of all nations. To make disciples, not converts. Some of you are like, I don't know the difference. Let me, let me tell you. A convert is just someone who says, yeah, I believe. A disciple is someone who says, yeah, I follow. Okay? And, and the goal is not to follow me. It's not to follow another person. It's to follow Jesus. We follow Jesus. We're not just trying to get a bigger church, although that would be great. But the Bible tells us that when people start following Jesus, right, there's a lifestyle change. Something happens in your life where you start acting differently, start talking differently, start walking differently, start, you know, living differently when you're a disciple. A convert is someone who just says, I said the prayer. But I want you to know, just because you say a prayer doesn't mean you're going to heaven. Okay? It's not enough to just mouth words. Anybody can mouth words. It's when we mouth those words and we say, Jesus Christ is Lord. He's not just my friend. A lot of people nowadays, oh, you know, he's my friend. He's my friend. He's my friend. We're, we're homies. We hang out. No, Jesus hung on the cross. That's what it's about. And so we want to make disciples who will make disciples. How do you know you're a disciple? Hmm. Is it just doing, is it just doing like spiritual things? Is going to church part of discipleship? Yeah. But just because you go to church doesn't mean you're a disciple. Reading your Bible, is that part of discipleship? Yeah. But just because you read your Bible doesn't mean you're a disciple. It's praying. It's giving. Yeah. It's going. Yeah. It's all of that. But it's not just that. It's you living your faith. That's what being a disciple is. But I want you to understand this. That if you are not making disciples, then there's a very good chance you're not a disciple. Because Jesus said, what was his last command? What did he tell us to do? He said, go into the world and make disciples. So if you're not making disciples, are you a disciple? That's a, that's a, that's a head scratcher. Because there are a lot of people who say, well, that's the pastor's job. Or that's the elder's job. 
Or that's, that's somebody who's spiritual. That's your job. But let me, under, let me help you understand this. If you have influence, it's your job. And everybody in this room has influence. Everybody. Everybody in this room influences people. And you're either influencing them for Jesus or not for Jesus. And so the question is, who a disciple or who are you making them a disciple of? You see, we're supposed to make disciples for Jesus. We're supposed to help people understand what it means to live and serve the cause of the kingdom. We are Jesus' disciples. This, uh, I think I typed something wrong. So, we follow him and we do as he does. Because we are Jesus' disciples, we do what he does. That means we love our neighbors as ourselves. That also means we love our enemies and we pray for those who despitefully use us. How'd you do on that this year? You see, it's one thing for us to say, oh yeah, I follow Jesus, I love Jesus, all to Jesus I surrender except for my bad attitude. All to Jesus I surrender except for, you know, well, I mean, I'm just going to kind of, you know, I'll give, my, I'll give my 10% later. All to Jesus I surrender except, 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 except. That's not all. <laughs> you see, it's so easy to just say words. It's so easy to just get caught up in what everybody else is singing or saying. But the question is, are we living it? Jesus gave a command and he said, go and make disciples. And so we want to be a church that does that. We want to be a going church. We want to be a growing church. We want to be a showing church. We want to be a knowing church, right? We want to know God. We want to show God and his love to people around us. We want to go. And this next year, we've got four trips, four major trips planned. I'm planning to go to Lebanon in March. Who wants to go? <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, probably a week, but I'm looking to go and looking for people to go with me. Going to El Salvador, May 25th through June the 4th. You want to go? We got room for you. Get your passport. India, June 22nd through July 3rd. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kenya, November. There's opportunities for you to go. And if this is our mission statement to go and make disciples who make disciples of all nations, we understand part of your discipleship is you being a person who goes. You don't have to go overseas. You don't have to. I'm just saying there's opportunity for you to. Some of you, you just need to go to another table in the break room. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to pounce on your toes. Some of you just need to cross the hall, right, at school. Some of you just need to go to another table where all the jocks sit, you know, where it's like, oh, you know, we're not part of the cool group. That's okay. Go to that table. Invade somebody's space. Be a space invader, right? <laughs> and, and be somebody who's going to say, yeah, I'm going to make a difference. I want 2020 to be different. But as I've said before, if you want to make a difference, you have to be different. 
And we've got too many people who are just trying to be clones of somebody else, who are just trying to fit in when you were made to stand out. Now, I like to change things up. You know, we changed the seating up on y'all this morning. Y'all probably like, oh, yeah, I could tell. Uh, yeah. And, and it's just because I changed the seating up because I'm just like, you know what? These people need to get used to change. We've kind of gotten back in a rut where everybody's just sitting. I said, I'm going to move the chairs around on you again. Break it up. I'm going to do things subtly to help you get to the place where you're not always comfortable. It's not about comfort. Now, you know, I could turn the heat up on you. Could turn the air up on you. Let you experience some different kinds of things, but I know it'd be hard for you to focus. <laughs> so be thankful that that's all I've done. But, but, but you know, because, hey, look, don't put it past me. Don't put it past me. Because those of you who know me know I, I, am, I will do almost anything. But let me give you a couple of things to think about here as we move along. A disciple will make discipline decisions. And this next year in 2020, if you're going to be a disciple of Jesus, you're going to have to make some different decisions. For some of you, that may mean you've got to step out of your comfort zone. For some of you, that may mean that you need to actually, yeah, walk across the street or you need to walk across the hall. You may need to do that. For some of you, that may mean you need to take on some other things in your life and you feel like, wow, I've already got so much going on. Well, you know what that tells me? That tells me that you're going to have to eliminate some things. Unfortunately, what happens is this, is that a lot of times for Christians, we get busy with a lot of other things and Jesus and God is always put on the back burner. That should not be the case. If we're a disciple of Jesus, church, spiritual life, should be your number one priority. Always. I'm not saying you got to be here every Sunday or every time we have the doors open, but I am saying you should probably up that. The, the national average is twice a month for people to attend anything with church. How am I going to influence you when I only see you, I only talk to you like from here for like 30 or 40 minutes? You see, we got to be spending more time together. You have to be spending more time together if you're going to actually influence and disciple other people. It's not going to happen just, you know, well, you know, they just get what they get. No, you have to be intentional. You have to be purposeful. But if you are a disciple maker, which I consider myself a disciple maker, I've been meeting with students and those students have grown up. <laughs> and we're still meeting. Every Wednesday at 10 o'clock, we meet, and our group is growing. For these guys, I mean, we've been going through the book of Colossians for two and a half years. We're only on chapter three. <laughs> because we're not, just, we're not just trying to gloss over things. We're actually digging into the Word, right? And, and see, this is how you've got to be with some people. You've got to find some people that you're going to do life with. This is why we have family groups. This is why we have church meetings. This is why we do this, so that we can share life together. This is why we have mission trips. And I promise you, if you go on a mission trip, your life is going to be changed. And I promise you this, you're going to get to see people in a way you never saw them before. And that's okay. Because we want to be real here. You see, we act intentionally and purposefully. Jesus did not come to give us a list of rules to follow 
In fact, he just said, follow me. A disciple will also determine a plan for the future. Okay, you can't go into this next year haphazardly. So let me ask you, have you taken some time to sit down and think about what needs to change next year? Because if you don't take the time to sit down and think about it, it won't happen. It won't happen. If you don't guard that time and say, I will intentionally set aside two hours and I'm just going to pray and I'm going to seek God and say, God, what do you want me to do this next year? It's not going to happen. If you don't put it on your calendar, it's not going to happen. And so let me encourage you. If you're a disciple of Jesus, you want your life to count and make a difference. You need to sit down and make a plan. You need to determine what you're going to do with your resources next year. You're going to need to determine what you're going to do with your time. You need to determine which Bible studies you're going to be part of and maybe which ones you need to say no to. Listen, there's tons and tons of stuff out there, and sometimes the good stuff can get in the way. So you need to, you need to cut some things, but you need to hold on to the important essential things. So... How does all this tie into Christmas? Well, Matthew chapter 2, verse number 12. The wise men, they came to Herod, right? And they were saying, hey, show us, give us more information about this star that leading us to the newborn king. But when it was time for them to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. Herod said, hey, come back. When you find this newborn king, come back and tell us about him so, we, so I can go and worship him too. Well, God came to them in a dream and said, no, don't go back to Herod. Go back a different way than when you came. Take a different route. And I think God may be saying that to us this morning. Some of us, 2019... You're going to try to go back, some of you. And try to go back, take a different path. God is saying, I have a different route for you. Go this way. Don't go back, move forward. Don't go back the way you came. You know, isn't it funny that we, we get into these ruts, don't we? And you drive the same way to work every day, you always go to your favorite places. We got several guys who work at Chick-fil-A here, and they tell us that they're regulars. You got the regulars. You see them walking, get out of their car. You're already punching in what they're going to get because, you know, it never changes. It never changes. Maybe, maybe this year you need to have some change in your life. Maybe this year you need to, to switch it up, try something different, go a different route. Because if you drive a different route, you're probably going to see things you've never seen before. You might see some needs that God would have you meet just because you went a different way. You might find some opportunities where you could minister if you just drive a different route. Switch it up when you go to the restaurant. Order something different because it'll give you an opportunity to talk to the people behind the counter who already punched in your order. <laughs> and say, no, I, I, I pulled a fast one on you, didn't I? Let me tell you why I'm changing it up. It's because I want to be different this year. You see, it gives you an opportunity to talk to people when you do things differently. There is an alternate route, but you have to be willing to take it. So let me ask you, are you willing to take a new route this year? Are you willing to go a different way this year? Are you willing to do some things that maybe are out of your comfort zone? 
I want to draw your attention to what uh, I feel like is the passage that God shared with me this week uh, for our church. And, you know, as I said, I was kind of stressing out about, oh, you know, God, what, what is the direction? Where do you want us to go this year? What is it that you're doing in our midst? And so if you've got a Bible, uh, turn to Isaiah chapter 54, verses 1 through 3. I'm going to share that with you this morning. Because as I was writing down several words that were kind of coming to my mind and things I've been praying through and praying about, um, I came across this passage. Isaiah 54, verses 1 through 3. Sing, O barren, you who have not born. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not labored with child. For more are, are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. You're like, okay. Yeah. Did you, did you catch some of what's going on here? You see, the Israelites had been in exile. And now God is bringing them back to Jerusalem. And he says this, you've got a future. There is something that I'm going to do with you. And so when you go into the city, look at this. He says, you're going to have more children. What did he tell Abraham? Abraham, who was right, he was childless. But God said, no, Abraham, I'm going to give you a son. And through that son, we're going to birth a nation. When they went into exile, they're thinking, wow, our nation is destroyed. But God comes back and says, no, I haven't forgotten my promise. I'm still going to do what I've always said I was going to do. So he tells them, enlarge the place of your tent. Y'all know we're getting ready to do a building project back here, right? <laughs> yeah, you see, we're getting ready to enlarge our tent. Because God is adding to our church. God is adding children to our church. I mean, week after week, it's amazing how many kids are coming down front, you know, and God is just working in a miraculous way. So we're about to enlarge our tents. He says, stretch out your curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. And, and I thought this was so awesome. He says, for you shall expand to the right and to the left. Well, that's how we're expanding this year, Right? We're, we're building a new part back here, and hopefully it's going to be done by the summertime. That's, that's my desire. But, you know, God is increasing our church. Look at this. Do not spare, lengthen your cords, and strengthen your stakes. A stake is what holds you together. It's what you discipline yourself to do. It's where your foundation and your strength is. And so I want to encourage you today, as the church, knowing that God is building us, that you as the members of our church would make a few commitments this year. Some of you have been reading through your Bible. How many of you did the reading plan this year? Where you, yeah, on the Bible app, okay? Several of you. So I want you to, Make this commitment that you would read through your Bible, and this is the, this is the one we're going to do this year, okay, the Bible Project. So if you go to version, 
download that and get started on this on January 1. And we're going to read through this together. Now, there is a devotional video on there for several of them. So if you have children, this is a great thing for you to watch with them. Some of the videos are like five or six minutes long, but it gives you like a, a, a huge uh, perspective and overview of it. But if you just read the Bible 15 minutes a day, you'll read through the whole Bible in a year. And so I want to encourage you to join the whole church and read this together with us. It's a great way for you to build some community. There's a way for you to uh, respond on there. You can type out if God is speaking to you about something. You can post it so that everyone else who's doing the app will be encouraged by it. But I want to encourage all of us to read through the Bible this year. And this is a great way for us to do it together. All right? So uh, the Bible Project, uh, and it's a, it's a great, great tool. All right? Another way is memorize Scripture. Some of you are like, oh, I've got a horrible memory. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but doesn't excuse us, right? We can remember things. And so I want to encourage you this year, you're going to memorize as a church. I'm going to challenge you to memorize one verse a week. We're all going to memorize the same verse together. I've got papers back there on the, the counter so you can take it home. An email list is going to go out this week of the verse for every week. Okay, they're already mapped out, 52. Those of you who are really, really smart, you can get a good head jump, right? And memorize two this week if you want to. But, but listen, we've got to get in the Scripture, and the Scripture has got to be in us, right? So memorizing Scripture is a great way to do that. Fasting and praying. We have prayer time here on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. There are two or three of us that gather together faithfully. And God has blessed the prayers of those two or three. But think about it. If we've grown to 140 on the prayers of two or three, what would happen if there were 10 or 12 of us praying collectively? Now, I know that Sunday morning at 9 a.m. may not be the most ideal time for you. Believe me, it's hard for me to make it sometimes. But I get there. I want to encourage you. Collective corporate prayer is important. And we're going to have some times this year where we're going to have more corporate prayer. It won't be always on Sunday morning at 9, although that one's always going to happen. We are going to do some other times of corporate prayer and fasting. So get ready in January, probably from the 10th through the 31st or something like that. We'll be fasting the Daniel, uh, the Daniel plan. Many of you have done that before. So uh, we're going to be praying and fasting about what God wants to do in and through our church because it's what disciples do. Jesus and his disciples prayed and they fasted. Family groups. We want you to be involved in a church group. And this is so that you can build relationships with each other. This is so that you can encourage one another and you can hold each other accountable and you can help each other with whatever you're going through. One of the great ways we advanced this past year was the women's group. My goodness, you know, Janet, Miss Debbie, Kathy, what an awesome, awesome thing. The ladies took a retreat this year. Yeah, amen. <laughs> We've never done that before, at least not that I'm aware of, have done that before. And that's an amazing thing. They had, how many went? 20-something? 20 20, 21, 22 ladies went on this retreat. And many of them weren't, aren't even people who come to our church all the time. And that's okay. That's okay. But what I'm saying to you is this. Being part of a group is really important in our lives. You've got to be part of somebody else's life, and they've got to be part of yours. One of the things we're going to do this year is this Love Does study. 
Ray, do we have that video? Can we show it? Here's a little trailer for uh, Love Does, uh, just to give you a taste of what it's going to be about and uh, what you're going to be exploring over five weeks. Love Does. Do you ever feel just stuck? Like you had all these hopes and dreams about what your life would be like and you want to weave together your faith and your life and you're just like just at this place where you can't move. Well, I was thinking about some of those things and I wrote a book called Love Does. It was helpful to me in thinking through what the next steps are. Like what do I do to live into the person that Jesus made me to be? And how can I learn more about him along the way? And you know what the answer for me was? I did stuff. I know that sounds crazy, but I just started doing stuff. And the more stuff I did, the more I learned about him. We put together some curriculums, some DVDs and some written materials. We hope you'll take a look at them in your small groups and ask these questions of each other. Have these conversations happen about like, what's the next step for you? How do we let go do love? Not just agree with Jesus or gather a bunch more information back, but like, what's the next step? So I hope when you read these materials, when you look at the DVDs, when you're meeting in your small groups, you'll ask these questions about love and, and then you can relate to each other. Times where you've seen how when you do stuff, what you've learned more about who God made you to be and more about who he is along the way. Because love isn't just a bunch of stuff we agree with. Love does. I think it's going to be a great study, and uh, I think you're going to be challenged. I think you're going to be moved to do something because love does. And so January the 12th is when we're going to launch uh, these um, Bible studies, these family groups. Again, if you're not part of one, we really want to encourage you to be part of one. And if you need more information on where they meet and what time they meet, just let me know, and I'll get that to you. These guys are going to pass out some rubber bands here to you. And uh, everybody's going to need two, so make sure when they come by, they give you two. And what I need for you to do is I need for you to write your name on one of them, and then the other one you're just going to hold on to for a few minutes. And so while they're coming, uh, let me uh, just <clears throat> move on and say that a disciple is someone who also serves in the community. You know, we want to be people who are making a difference in our community. We don't want to just you know, say we're here and we're just kind of uh, taking up space, we actually want to make a difference in our community. And some of the ways that we do that is uh, we have a, a large benevolence. Um, we help a lot of people who are part of our church, but we help a lot of people who are not part of our church. And, um, and that's a huge blessing for us to be able to do that. But we want to be involved in some other ways in our community. We've got some people that mentor down here at Inman Elementary. And um, Al is doing something with that. When is that uh, breakfast? January 23rd. There's a breakfast for anyone who is interested in being a mentor at Inman Elementary. And so uh, if you would like to do that, and I'm telling you, there is a huge need for mentors in our community. Um, you can see Al. He'll be glad to get you more information on that. It's a free breakfast, but the intent is that you would sign up to be a mentor for some of these students. Uh, I know that we have several in the room here who do that already, uh, and I want to say thank you to those of you who are already mentoring uh, down there because it does make a difference in kids' lives. Another change that we're going to be making here at the church uh, is with our elders and deacons. And um, we have 
right now several elders uh, that serve as the spiritual direction of the church. Uh, that's how we're governed. Uh, however, we do not have deacons. And one of the things that we're going to introduce to our church this year is deacons. And um, some of you are like, I don't even know what that is. Well, the word diakonos is basically a word that means minister or servant. Okay, so a deacon is someone who serves in the church. And, uh, but it is a role that's biblical. Just to put it succinctly, an elder is someone who helps with the spiritual direction of the church, and a deacon is someone who helps make sure the physical needs of the church are being met. So when it comes to benevolence, when it comes to ushering, when it comes to meeting and greeting, all of those things fall under deacons. And so we're going to be installing some deacons this year um, to make sure that the needs of the people are being met. And what we're going to do is, in a couple of weeks, we're going to submit to you some people that we've, we're going to approach and ask you if there's any reason they should not serve in that role, and you'll have a chance to vote on that. But that is something that will be happening very soon. So be praying about that as we make these adjustments to our church, because we want to make sure that all the needs of the people are being met. And if our uh, elders could... Uh, those who are here presently, if you guys, can we turn the other lights on so everybody can see? Uh, I'd like to recognize who they are because I know that some people still may not be aware of who the elders of the church are. And we want to make you aware of those people now. So uh, if you're an elder, would you stand? Uh, and I know some of you are in the back. But we've got Mark, Rick, John, Jim, Ray, and Al are all here presently. Um, some, yes, thank you, gentlemen, uh, for your service. Um, there will be some people rotating off uh, of the role of elder this year. Um, they came back on whenever we went through our transition several years ago. And so we're going to be dropping down uh, some of those elders. Uh, and so for two years, they'll go on, and two years, they'll be off. Uh, Daniel, who's in the back, or no, Daniel's not here. Okay, he's taking care of sick kids, so he's not here. But there will be several who will be rotating off. So Ray is rotating off, Jim is rotating off, Lonnie is rotating off, and uh, who was the other? Ron is rotating off. Um, so that will be a change that will be happening this year as well. So finally, on your rubber bands, if you have written your name on one, then uh, thank you for doing what I asked you to do. Um, but as we close up the service today... Uh, I want to tell you what one of the one things that this verse really inspired me with in Isaiah chapter 52 again. So he says, Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare, lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. You see, in the morning when I wake up, I do something that probably you do. Stretch, right? I mean, there's nothing like just... Uh, right? It just feels so good. Why does that feel so good? Because there's been a time, a long period of time, when you didn't stretch, when your bones and your muscles were just kind of sitting there. So you stretch. It's important to stretch. Stretching allows you more mobility, right? Stretching allows you to not get hurt as easily. 
Stretching allows you actually to work out some pains in your life. Those of you who come to Miss Rose's exercise class on Monday nights, you're aware of that, right? We stretch before we get started, and then she tells you when you go home and you're sore the next day. Stretch. Stretch where you're in pain. But this is what I want you to understand about a rubber band. Is that, like you, a rubber band is made to be stretched. If this rubber band just sits here, it's a great rubber band, but it doesn't really do what it was made to do. And you see, some of you were made for so much more than what you're currently doing. But the only way that's going to happen is for you to do, as this verse says, stretch out your curtains. Some of you are going to be stretched this year, maybe in ways that you didn't anticipate. But some of you need to make it your prayer to say, God, stretch me. Stretch me. Because you see, when you're stretched, I mean, I could just throw this, right? That's okay. It went kind of far. But look at what happens when I stretch it. You see, when I stretch it, it goes so much farther. And you, when you're stretched, will go so much farther. And so our word for this year is stretch. That God would stretch us. But you see, are you willing for God to stretch you? On the rubber band that doesn't have your name on it, you're going to take that one home. And I'm going to ask you to write a word on there or an area that you would like God to stretch you this year. And then for you to wear that rubber band as a reminder of saying, God, stretch me. God, stretch me. Some of you may need to use that rubber band and pop yourself with it <laughs> to be reminded, right? God, you're stretching me. God, you're stretching me. But you see, as God stretches us, we will be able to accomplish so much more. Now, on the rubber band that you have with your name on it, this is what I want you to understand. Rubber bands also are used to make baseballs, golf balls, but it's a whole bunch of bands together. You see, when we band together, we can have a ball. <laughs> right? And so this is what I want you to do. <laughs> I know. It's... With your rubber band that has your name on it, you're going to take your rubber band, you're going to point it up in the air in some direction. And you're going to shoot it across the room. And somebody else is going to pick up your rubber band. And it's going to have your name on it. And you're going to pray for that person because we're going to band together this year. In a couple of weeks, we're going to do it again. And we're going to do it again. Because I want us to have a ball this year. And I want us to be stretched. And I want us to be pushed and I want us to be praying, and I want us to be giving, and I want us to be serving, and God wants that for us too. And this year, if we do that, if we will let God stretch us, we will have more than a ball. 
we will be making a difference. So, everybody got your rubber band ready? Okay, yeah, point it up in the air, point it up in the air. All right, okay, go. Shoot it somewhere else. Okay, pick up somebody else's rubber band. And if you didn't get one, okay, if you didn't get one, you'll have time to look at, look for one after the service. Yeah, there's some up here. Come and, come and get one if you need one. Doesn't have a name on that one, huh? They shot the wrong one. Who didn't get one? There's some right here. So as we prepare for our uh, closing here, Some of you may want to take advantage of this time that you have here at church to recommit some things to the Lord as you go into 2020. I don't know how God is challenging you or calling you to a deeper or greater commitment this year. I don't know how God wants to stretch you this year, but I do know he wants to. And I know this, that we will not grow without you. It's going to take all of us if we really, truly want to make a difference in our community. It's going to take all of us if we truly, really want to make a difference around the world. And therefore, you're all important. And so I want to ask you today, if you would simply make it your prayer and say, God, stretch me however I need to be stretched so that your kingdom purposes could be accomplished through my life. Would you pray with me? Father God, we thank you for what you've done in and through our church this year. And we pray that as we move into 2020, we would be like the wise men and not go back, not try to go back a the same route, but God, to go differently in a way that you're leading us. We give you praise for all that's happened through our church, God, and we know that it's only because of you. And Lord, as we look at the future and the things that we'd love to be a part of, God, it starts with our relationship, our personal relationship with you. And so today, Father, we thank you for Jesus who died on the cross for us, who paid the price so that we could have eternal life. And God, we want to be your disciples. So help us, Lord, to die to ourselves daily so that you may be alive in us. Lord, use us as a testimony to those around, God, that you're a God who is seeking to save those who are lost. That, God, you are seeking a relationship with each and every one. Father, we thank you for your love for us. We recommit ourselves to you now. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm -hmm.